The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. My guest today is Nick Vile, who's the GM of O Media. Uh, that's O with two O's, and uh, it's, it stands for Out of Home Media. With with a lot of the, a lot of the time when I talk about media on here, you may or may not have engaged with it. There is zero chance that you haven't seen O Media's work. Most days you'll probably engage with it, and yet you probably haven't thought about it. And I certainly had nearly enough. And I think that's that's kind of why uh, I think that this is a, a pretty interesting conversation because you've got on the one hand a form of media that has literally very close to, if not a hundred percent, penetration and almost no sense of of what it is in the public consciousness and. Yeah, that's because on some level, people like me and media consumers are are much more interested in the news, entertainment, social media space rather than, you know, what what is, you know, fundamentally a, a pure advertising format like out of home. When I say out of home, we're talking about large format billboards or in terms of what O specialize in, it's the kind of bus shelter uh, and more kind of street furniture type, type space. Um, and and I think that, you know, over the last 20 years or so, the story of media overall has been of legacy media forms, you know, television, radio, magazines, print, etc., sort of shrinking and, and grappling with the, the fact that the advertising market has swung so hard towards digital and and particularly towards sort of almost utility type digital, uh, the likes of Google and Facebook. And yet there's one form which is, you know, extremely analog in some respects in that it exists only in the real world and that's out of home. And it's actually grown quite significantly as a share of market, which I think is quite an interesting phenomenon to talk about. So with Nick, we, we get into what has driven that... Yeah, that kind of paradoxical growth, which is very much against the grain of of any other really New Zealand domiciled media company. And oh, I should say uh, that that Nick and O Media have, have very generously agreed to come on as headline sponsors of the fold over the next few months. So this this is part of that package. But honestly, this is 
as interesting as any episode of The Fold. And I was really excited to talk to Nick. I've, I've met him before and, and he's a, a very interesting guy. He had a long career in media prior to uh, starting at O as well. And yeah, so this this discussion basically gets into the kind of the the history of Out of Home, why it has grown against the grain, how the digital revolution has has impacted it, both in terms of the means of delivery and how it's displayed and the way I think that there remains an opportunity to use this medium in a more creative way. You know, we uh, speak about this on the pod. There was, there was a realization that the television commercial could also be art. And that was a big sort of theme of the, the nineties and two thousands. And I think that there really probably needs to be a bit of a sense of just how creative you can be with the out-of-home medium, given the immediacy and use of data and uh, and kind of response to events. So uh, this this is Nick Vile, the GM of O-Media, talking about the, the out-of-home story, essentially, on the fold. Tēnākwe, Nick, and uh, welcome to the fold. Yeah, kia ora, uh, Duncan, good to see you and thanks for uh, having me here up in this beautiful space, uh, unfortunately on a, on a rainy, rainy Friday. <laughs> it's a pretty abysmal day for sure, but, um, but I'm very grateful to have you up and also to, uh, for, to O for sponsoring the, the, the Fold for the next few months. So I wonder if you could start by just telling me about your path um, to, to the out-of-home genre. Uh, yeah, well, that's a very good question. Uh, I've uh, been working in out of home for uh, close to 15 years now, which is uh, is hard to imagine. But um, my father, uh, when I was growing up, always said to me that um, you know if you find a job that you enjoy, then it's 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 a job for life. So uh, I took that advice. I actually started in the wine industry when I left university. So I completed a BCom in marketing, and then uh, went to Lincoln and did a postgrad in viticulture. Uh, and from there, had four years, uh, four great years at Montana Wines. Um, part of my role there uh, in, in the last year was actually managing a relationship we had with the New Zealand Rugby Union. Uh, and I was through that relationship, I was offered an opportunity to go and work at uh, NZ Rugby. And uh, as as a true blue uh, Kiwi bloke, it was a hard call to make between uh, between wine uh, and, and rugby. But I. I uh, thought, well, if I'm never going to be in All Black, it's as close as as I'm ever going to get. So uh, I took that opportunity and had, had three years at the Rugby Union. Uh, and from that, uh, I was managing a relationship with TV3 at the time. Uh, and I was kind of uh, shoehorned into a role at TV3 as uh, head of sports sales. Um, so the, the incumbent had become a good friend and, and he, he decided to go off and uh, uh, follow uh, uh, his his own own vision for setting up a, a new business, um, and so fortunately, I was able to uh, follow his slipstream into TV three, um, and I uh, was sp- responsible for the commercialisation of all of our sport products at that time, um, and uh, it was uh, significant. So we were the free to wear broadcaster for uh, for All Blacks for Super Rugby. Uh, we carried World Rally. Uh, the Warriors, cricket, like there was a big portfolio of, of sports. So um, I was uh, kind of in my happy place where uh, not, not only uh, was I able to be heavily involved uh, with sport, but also, uh, you know, in the media industry, uh, lots of time spent out lunching. And uh, so that was a combination of my uh, passion for sport and, and for wine. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, and as uh, Sky actually became stronger, we, we um, you know, the importance of uh, sport on free-to-wear, unfortunately, was diminished as Sky's penetration into, into households grew and that the audience on free-to-wear declined. So I moved into a sales management role uh, and, um, you know, really enjoyed the diversity of, of media sales. Uh, but then saw that, you know, out of home uh, at that time was really sort of under under indexing uh, in terms of, uh, you know, its place in in, uh, in other countries. So I, um, for whatever reason, saw that as, as an opportunity, didn't know exactly what the opportunity was, um, but uh, took the plunge uh, and um, got into out of home, yeah, as I said, 15 years ago. So initially with a startup um, called OG Digital, so we were... Uh, we deployed a whole lot of digital screens through the warehouse uh, at, at that stage. Uh, launched right in the midst of the uh, GFC, which was um, not great timing in terms of trying to monetize that product. Um, and then after after two years, um, uh, you know, flogging digital screens uh, through the warehouse group, um, uh, my wife said to me it was time to, to, to get a, a real job and a, <laughs> and a proper salary. Uh, and uh, AdShell came along at that time. So um, been with AdShell and then O-Media uh, since, since then. Yeah, it's interesting that, that you say that, you know, that uh, outdoor or out-of-home media sort of felt under-indexed in New Zealand because as a, a sort of a fairly passive observer of it, it, it has felt like something which was not a huge part of the kind of visual culture of the country and has has risen quite rapidly over the past, you know, probably 10, 15 years. And, you know, to, to the point where, you know, and, and that is during a period when a lot of the other legacy media has kind of shrunk or, or, or it's the, the sort of share of attention and, and energy associated with it has has come away. So that, that is, it's quite strange to have a... a non-internet story that's actually uh, risen through that time. Is, is that accurate in terms of where it is proportionally in terms of uh, spend and, and its its general penetration in the country? Yeah, you're, you're pretty much spot on there. I think over that time, um, you know, if you go, I actually went back and researched some numbers before uh, coming along here today. So uh, the furthest I could go back was 2012. Uh, and at that time, out of home represented just 3% of the total um, media market. Uh, which was around sort of circa 60 million. Uh, we've certainly grown uh, in, in, the, in that 15 years. And, you know, the role of out-of-home has evolved significantly. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting medium because we do exist within the community. Um, but um, unless you make a specific, um, you know, inquiry around what it is, um, then it just, it does sort of just exist there, but in, in people's lives. And, as we've seen uh, traditional media um, decline and, um, you know, the, the fragmentation of media and, you know, that dialogue that, that everybody uh, talks about and knows about, uh, the one constant in everyone's lives is that they do spend time out of home. You know, they do commute, they do um, go and watch their kids play sport, they go to the movies, they go out for dinner. They um, So when they're not looking at their um, their iPad or their phone, uh, when, when, when they're not... Uh, you know, when they're in the out-of-home environment, then you know that's that's the opportunity uh, to to capture people's attention. Um, and the role of out-of-home has really evolved from, you know, being a quirky idea that that. And there's been some great campaigns over the years. Um, you know, you think about the Tui campaign as one that everyone goes, well, that was just a fantastic execution 
of the other home because it took it from just beyond a billboard to um, actually creating a dialogue around it and 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 that's that's really the the opportunity um, but with the uh, advent of technology and digitalization uh, and all those sorts of things we've really see it play a much uh, more diverse um, role in terms of the way that advertisers are using it as part of their media mix. I mean, I wanted to to talk about that because obviously, you know, it's it's grown as a proportion of overall share, and to what extent that's driven by an increase in the sort of overall number of sites. And I'd like to talk about what how a site comes to be and and what the kind of constraints or opportunities are there, but also about you know that digital piece is is really really interesting in terms of you know like technology enabling a much faster turnover of. Uh, sites and and ultimately that the that a the a campaign can be distributed far more quickly and widely than it might otherwise during this sort of static billboard era. So what what do you sort of put that down to of those two forces, or is there any that I'm missing? Uh, it's probably a combination of the both. I think digitisation has definitely enabled um, advertisers to use the medium in ways that they've never been able to. And you think about. Uh, the old way of buying out a home was you'd buy a location um, and um, effectively it was a tenancy. And I always use the example of Coca-Cola and then uh, uh, subsequently Hyundai um, on the Orams, uh, the Orams building as you're coming over, uh, the, over the Harbour Bridge. Over the Harbour Bridge. And they would own it for years, um, and uh, you know, which 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 was great, great at the time. Um, and so, out of home, sort of move transitioning from uh, a, a position where people would buy a specific location uh, to um, actually focusing on the audience that they're reaching, um, regardless of the location. Um, and so, digitization has uh, has enabled that, but it's enabled uh, advertisers to be much more flexible. Uh, with the creative content, so um, you know, using weather triggers on days like today, you you wouldn't want to be selling ice creams, but you might be wanting to sell umbrellas or raincoats, or um, you know, so you can you can change the messaging dependent on on the weather, dependent on uh, your product sell through, uh, dependent on the time of the day, um, and you know, with the uh, advent of programmatic, you can actually change your messaging within minutes. Uh, but all automated and all, all related to whatever the the many many different triggers are that are relevant to to your to your brand or to your service or to your product. Um, so digitization has has played uh, a, a huge role, um, and you know in, in the early days when we started to see digital billboards or in, in our situation digital um, advertising within the bus shelter environment. Uh, it was about um, ease of deployment of the copy. Um, so, you know, it's gone from uh, the old days where the, the, the lead times were significant for out of home. So, uh, which was uh, a barrier for for, uh, for for many advertisers because you, you're looking at sort of, you know, many weeks if not months to, um, you know, to plan your out 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 of home campaign, but. Uh, these days, as I said, you can have copy ready and, and up on the screens uh, with, within minutes. Um, so that's the sort of the, the actual screen itself and how it can be used. But then um, the, the other component that's really driving things is the use of data um, and uh, how people can use the out-of-foam uh, spend more effectively by targeting, uh, being, being more effective with the way that they're targeting the relevant um, audience for their product or service. Um, and that's that's been a, a, a huge development over the last three to four years. 
Are there some examples of both the the kinds of data that that your sites can generate and and of campaigns or that have made really intelligent use of that data? Uh, yeah, there's 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 a few, or there's quite a lot, but um, yeah, a, re- a really good one uh, would be the electoral commission. The last election, um, you know, that they were really wanting to avoid a situation where people, you know, being people, uh, leave, leave the uh, voting uh, decision right to the very last minute and would go and find a, a polling booth uh, late in the piece. So that they're wanting to sort of spread the load, basically. Um, so uh, they ran a, a campaign with us nationwide that targeted um, our ad panels that were in very close proximity to um, to polling booths um, and advising not only that hey there's a location nearby, but at the moment uh, the queue is this or um, you know it's like when you're driving down the motorway now and you you see well State Highway 16 to Albany is 25 minutes versus. Uh, you know, versus State Highway One is is thirty five minutes. So, um, you know, that was a really good example of sort of integrating the data that they were collecting around. Um, you know, the the pressure that was uh, they were experiencing at the polling booths, and then you know, encouraging people to get in uh, ahead of time. The, the and that kind of points to something like, which is really interesting to me about this idea of you know outdoor or out of home media as as a almost like the the last bastion of the the kind of monoculture, like everyone sees the the same thing if they're in the the same place, and yeah. that's changed in the algorithmic sorting era, you know, and and the era of consumers selecting their their own media. Do do you think that you know over time, and and certainly as as there is that more sort of dynamic or creative usage of, of them, you know, there was obviously the period where we started to recognise that the television commercial could be an art form unto itself and now is this kind of last thing that everyone sees uh you know you know do you think that there is developing or or there is an argument to be made for and certainly like the the tui billboard would speak to that uh with you know of of them as an art form unto themselves and and that there is something important about there being at least one media form that we're all looking at rather than, you know, the, the way that everything else is kind of, you know, who, who can ever tell what's what's on a, an individual's screen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we talk about sort of mood, mood of the nation at that, that point that it's it really is the, the last medium that you can reach a mass audience, um, a mass audience at scale. Um, you can reach them quickly. You can reach, reach them cost effectively. And, and from a creative perspective, really understanding the, the mood of the nation and using that flexibility and that capability to craft your creative so that you're, you're, you're really tapping into uh, the, the emotions and, and the mood and the, and the, the, the Christchurch, uh, unfortunately, the, um, the, the tragedy in Christchurch um, you know, a few years ago was a situation where we reacted quickly and we turned off all of our uh, ad panels uh, in Christchurch. And then that weekend we ran uh, just uh, no advertising for the whole weekend across our whole network nationally uh, and just ran a simple um, uh, Love Heart New Zealand um, flag um, and changed it out between black and white so that it was it was grabbing people's attention. But 
it's that sort of thing that um, the creative community really needs to take on board in terms of the way that they're utilising uh, utilising the medium because, there, as you say, there is an opportunity to, to reach that mass or audience or to reach your target audience at scale but really tap into, into the mood of the of the nation at the time and react to the way that people are um, experiencing your brand or your service. Um, so, um, yeah, there's there's definitely that opportunity and, uh, you know, we, we like to think that, um, you know, we, we can play many roles uh, in terms of the, the media mix and that how we um, support TV and uh, digital spend. Uh, but in some situations, there is opportunities to use us, um, you know, exclusively as 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 a way to reach that mass audience. It seems to me that, you know, again, speaking to that kind of monoculture element, that you know that there, because this is a relatively recent development, the the digitisation and the ability to reservice within you know a, a very short period of time, that there is. I don't think we've begun to kind of scratch the surface of of how that could be used. You know, one of the things we've we've had some two campaigns over the last year for the spin-off, both of which have extensively used out of home, which have tried to kind of basically you utilize it as a way of effectively being the top of a sphere of of telling a story. Uh, yeah. and you know we because of the nature of the way those things were structured, it, what, there wasn't the same kind of immediacy as the, as you would with with the website, for example. But you can imagine a world where the out of home environment could have responded to a, a, a news event like Arden's resignation with a a kind of a media proposition that sort of creatively spoke to that and and ultimately drove attention to. Uh, brands like ours, do you know? Do do you see that kind of work coming out of the creative community, or do you think there is? You know, it's almost like a, a creative agencies the best. You know, given the pace at which they work, the you know the best place to respond to it. Like a, you know, or, or are there other examples of people taking the billboards and and utilizing some of the, that that sort of new dynamic environment in ways that might you know feel like they they're pointing to the future of where this all might go yeah um, I think the um, you know because the role that out of home has played um, and you know position within the broader media mix the the right amount of attention on creative execution uh, hasn't been focused on 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 the media and there's lots of examples where people just taken newspaper ads or magazine ads or or whatever and put that up on a billboard and thought well that's that's doing the you job. You see that quite frequently and it yeah. just looks wrong it seems so yeah. careless. Uh, and I think now that we're playing uh, a more important uh, role so if you look at um, you know all the data through the the media agencies then out of home is now Number the number three media um, within that mix behind uh, digital and TV. So, uh, as the importance of out of home grows, then the uh, and I was talking to uh, an ex CMO yesterday uh, who was discussing this exact point. Why don't people use the medium correctly? Um, and the point we got to in that discussion, well, now that it's becoming more and more important and more and more on the radar of the CMOs and the marketers. Uh, then they will actually demand better creative execution, um, and you know it's uh, we and saying that there's lots of brands out there that are using it effectively and using it the right way. 
Um, you know, and some of the QSRs are, are, are very good at targeting, you know, time of day in terms of their menu offering, um, adjusting, uh, you know, the product offering in terms of, of the weather uh, and, and all those sorts of things. But, um, you know, and sort of back to that concept of mood of the nation, um, I think there is definitely an opportunity for people to step up and go, right, here's a way that as a brand we're going to react and we're going to react in the outer home environment. Uh, we had we had an interesting conversation with um, some uh, a young tech uh, startup uh, business earlier this week, um, and uh, you know you talk to them about how they consume media, um, and uh, you know that their one, one of the guys' perspective was I don't actually really the first media I see every day is a billboard, um, so that talks to the the opportunity uh, and the potential. Um, power of of the medium. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast. Brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. At Zed, we're all about moving with the times. And now it's time to be part of the climate change solution and move on from fossil fuels. As a company providing fuel to people all over the country, we also know we have a real opportunity to lead that change. We're committed to keeping Aotearoa moving by providing the right energy for everyone. We believe that innovation in fuel and how it's used can make a huge difference to our planet. Find out more at z.co.nz. I know that um, when we spoke earlier, you talked about the importance of and, and the increasing role that mana whenua play in the the sort of out-of-home environment. Do you want to sort of speak, speak to that? Because I think it's not something that kind of naturally springs to mind potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, for for us and for our particular uh, format, um, so we've got a, a, a lot of assets um, out in the public space uh, and on public land. Um, so, uh, you know, for, for us, it's about thinking about honouring the um, the original owners of the land or those that have owned the land at some point of time. Um, and really um, trying to understand well, what, what is uh, Iwi's agenda and how can we potentially um, support that and play a role, a role uh, in their own program. Um, and so last year we, we really went on a journey. So before we uh, engage with these Iwi, we really wanted to uh, uh, educate ourselves. Um, so uh, our leadership team um, participated in a Tikanga course, um, we spent a lot of time with a guy called Dr. Jim uh, Mather, who runs a, a really great um, Maori governance course through the uh, Institute of Directors and recommend that uh, anyone out there should, uh, if they haven't, then engage him and his team to, to do that course. And it gave us um, a real awareness of, you know, what uh, Maori governance is, is all about. And it can be quite intimidating from the outside looking in and sort of really understanding more, well, where do, we, where do we go? How do we start? What does it mean? Uh, are we being authentic uh, in the way that we're bringing this to life? Um, and that's certainly our approach. We don't want to just be um, ticking boxes, which is you know, why we went through that education process. 
Um, and when you come come out the the back end of, of those um, those courses and whatnot, it's it's really just about taking that f- that first step. Um, and you know, as I said, it can be intimidating, um, but it's it's not how you do it. It's um, or what you're doing. It's just the fact that you you're actually um, starting that starting that journey. Um, sort of a bit like dancing, really. It's um, you know, you're good or you're bad, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that you're on the dance floor um, that, that counts. Um, and so for us, it's uh, the key learnings are, are, uh, around, you know, the Māori economy and governance and all those sorts of things is uh, it's really relationship-based. So you've got to start a relationship and you've got to build that relationship so that you've got a deep understanding of of each party's motivations and desired outcomes and ways of thinking um, and so that you can really build a, uh, an approach that's going to be mutually beneficial. Uh, and you look at the treaty and, you know, the, the um, you know, the concepts of participation and, and it's all, all all about that and, you know, building, uh, having a long-term view um, and leaving uh, the world, your situation, your business, your role, uh, in a better place than when you found it. Um, so th- they're the sort of key principles that we are looking to adopt. Um, and as we go through, um, you know, a, a tender process and start to roll out new bus shelter infrastructure, it's well, how can we use this to help bring the um, EWI program to life, whether it's recognition um, at that specific location uh, or whether it's a broader design piece uh, or whether it's actually just... Uh, our approach to um, the environment and are we using materials that are good for the environment? Are our cleaning practices good for the environment? Um, you know, and back to the relationship piece, what's our relationship with uh, with the planet um, and what's our, um, you know, and how are we respecting that for the, for the long-term good of everyone? So Out of Home is, is a medium unto itself, but it is unavoidably also part of a, a broader uh, media environment one in which you know there's a lot of prediction that that this next year or so is going to be a pretty pretty challenging one you saw media works which is also yeah. in the out of home business announcing 90 job losses earlier this week what what are the signals you're seeing out of the the uh, you know that commercial environment at the moment and and are you sort of yeah, in that same, not not necessarily in the same boat in terms of layoffs, but but in the same boat in terms of predicting that it is going to be a, a pretty pretty hard environment with you know these sort of inflation and interest rate pressures that are out there at the moment. Uh, well, I'm a forever optimist. So last year we thought it was going to be a fantastic year, the first year without any major impact of COVID, uh, and and look what happened. Um, this year, everyone's talking doom and gloom, so hopefully that the opposite happens this year. But I think there's no denying that there'll be uh, the, the impact of the inflationary pressures, uh, particularly the the interest rates, as everyone's you know supposedly coming off um, low interest and, and onto the higher uh, interest rates. So that's going to af- affect uh, consumer spending. Uh, and whatnot, and look, you know, I'm not an economist, so I'm not going to um, wax lyrical about what's going to happen in the economy. But um, you know, we, we've been through uh, recessionary times. We've been through the last two years um, of having to have a, a huge amount of uh, resilience. Um, you know, that first lockdown in 2020 was, 
you know, sudden and catastrophic for out of home because uh, pretty hard to sell a, a media space that's out of home when the government's just uh, mandated that everyone stays inside. So, um, you know, we've learnt a lot over the last two years and those learnings will, will, will definitely bring through to um, what we think is going to be a reasonably lumpy year, um, although uh, our forward bookings uh, going into this year are actually uh, con- contradictory to that economic environment. So we, our forward book is, is actually at this stage um, you know, pacing uh, reasonably well despite what, what everybody's saying. And I think the um, you know, there's two types of advertisers in a recession, those that um, pull their advertising spend um, as they try to um, focus on cost reduction, uh, and then there's those that really use it as an opportunity to uh, take share of voice um, and you know put themselves in a really strong position to to bounce back quickly post recession. Um, and given the cost effective and broadcast reach of our home, uh, it, it, in recessionary times it, it can hold up reasonably well. So, yeah, no, no doubt we're in for challenging times, but, hey, we've had a challenging two or three years, so that's no different. Um, and we'll, we'll just, uh, you know, have the team focused on, you know, the way that we can support advertisers, um, you know, th- through the recession. Just before we go, there, there's, there's one uh, event later in the year which, which you know, has potential to, to impact your business. Do, do you get a lot of spend from political parties as, as you head into an election? What's the, the relationship like there? Uh, not necessarily from political parties themselves, um, but um, generally going into an election, the government is very active in terms of uh, their own spending. Um, so we're expecting to see a bit of an up in terms of uh, you know government agencies um, you know advertising their services um, throughout the course of this year. Um, That's interesting. So, do, what, do, do you have a sort of a theory of why, why that is that they're you know in anticipation of an election wanting to make sure that both the public and politicians are, are very aware of the good works that they do. What, what's what's the the idea there? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's partly that, but also you know they've got a budget to spend, so <laughs> what, why not spend it? But um, you know the the whole media industry has really benefited from the Ministry of Health um, uh, through the COVID times. Um, you know, and uh, you know that they were, I think they did a fantastic job of you know every day one o'clock. Um, there was uh, an, an announcement, uh, and then the media agency went into hyperdrive around. Okay, what's our what are our comms for the next twenty four hours? Um, so we've all benefited from that, and you know, back to the benefits of d- digital and, and out of home, they're able to utilise that to change their messaging every day. Um, so we're certainly not going to see that same level of spend from the government this year going into the election, but. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely a, a bit of an uptick as those government agencies uh, fire up uh, in, in an election year. All right, Nick, thank you so much for, for coming up and, um, yeah, really, really fascinating learning about the, the dynamics of the out-of-home industry and, and uh, yeah, look forward to, to chatting again later in the year. No, no problems at all and uh, thanks for having me. Kia ora e te iwi, Kia Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.